Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fidelity Connects, a Fidelity Investments Canada podcast, connecting you to the world of investing and helping you stay ahead. On May 11th, Fidelity Investments Canada hosted Focus 2023, a day-long event for advisors featuring Fidelity's portfolio managers, subject matter experts, and thought leaders. Sessions ran both on stage in Vancouver to a live audience and from our Toronto studio for a crowd of thousands more online. One of these studio sessions featured the portfolio managers of Fidelity Global Small Cap Opportunities Fund, Connor Gordon and Chris Malazinski. Connor and Chris joined host Glenn Davidson for a short discussion highlighting the big opportunities in small cap investing. The pair unpack how the fund came to be, the investment strategy behind their fund, and answer why small caps and why now. For more Focus 2023 content, you can listen to other sessions in podcast form on this Fidelity Connects podcast. Just click the See All Episodes button in your respective podcast app. Also, for full video replays of the Focus 2023 event, advisors should reach out to their Fidelity rep, and investors should head to fidelity.ca slash the upside and sign up for the Upside newsletter. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of Fidelity Investments Canada ULC or its affiliates. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. It is not an offer to sell or buy or an endorsement, recommendation, or sponsorship of any entity or security cited. Read a fund's prospectus before investing. Funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. Fees, expenses, and commissions are all associated with fund investments. Hi everyone, I'm Glenn Davidson, VP Regional Sales in Ontario. Now we're gonna talk about global small caps, global small cap opportunities fund in particular. Now, Connor Gordon and Chris Malodzinski are joining me today. Both of these gentlemen started as analysts many years ago, and then they became portfolio managers in in 2019, and they started an institutional portfolio called the Global Small Cap Institutional Trust. We decided in September 2022 that we should bring out a mutual fund version of that portfolio, and that's Global Small Cap Opportunities. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Now, global small caps are typically a sporadically and inefficiently covered asset class around the world, but that's not the case at Fidelity. So, Connor, why don't we go to you first, and we'll talk about why global small caps make sense in a portfolio. Yeah, you know, I think we're really excited about global small caps, and I think the question is, why should everyone else be excited? And, you know, we talk about three questions, right? Why global small cap? Why Fidelity? And then ultimately, why Connor and Chris? Right? So, why global small cap? Right. Um, you know, I'm a big believer that everything is cyclical, right? On a long term basis, markets are cyclical, industries are cyclical, companies are cyclical. Um, if you look at leadership in the market, that's also cyclical, right? So we can you know, go back through history, right? Go back to the 1960s. You had the Nifty 50. In the 1970s, you had energy, right? That led the market. In the 1980s, it was Japan, the US consumer. In the 1990s, it was Tech Bubble 1.0. Uh, 2000s, it was everything, China, commodities, emerging markets. Basically, for the last 10, 12 years, it's been nothing but U.S. large cap growth stocks. Right? You can kind of see from that history, I think it's highly unlikely that the stocks that led the last bull market are going to be the ones that lead the next bull market. So I think there's a really good case to be made for, for portfolio diversification. Right? Small caps versus large caps, global versus just U.S., and sectors outside of tech. 
And that's exactly what Chris and I do um, with the Global Small Cap Opportunities Fund. Um, you know, secondly, why fidelity? Right. I think you know you have a if you're going to invest in a global asset class, you need a firm that has global research, global resources, global relationships. And that is exactly what we have at Fidelity. We have 140 analysts around the world that are meeting companies every day, going to trade shows, going to conferences, and generating investment ideas that get up to put up the funnel to portfolio managers like Chris and I, who then select those stocks and put them into a concentrated, a relatively concentrated portfolio that hopefully can generate alpha for clients. So I think when you put those two things together, you have I think leadership in the market, I think, is going to favor uh, small caps. I think you have an inefficient asset class in small caps that can we can then exploit with the research advantage that we have. So when the two of you found out you'd be portfolio managers on a global small cap mandate, it made you have some confidence that Fidelity was there as a backbone, which you can't say or some people couldn't say about a lot of other companies out there. Exactly. That's that inefficiency, isn't it? Exactly. So, uh, Chris, why don't we go to you and talk about this dynamic duo that sits before us of Chris and Connor, what is it about the way you two work together that uh, we should pay attention to? Yeah, so I think the unique thing about this fund um, is that it's co-managed. Um, and you know, it's very unique in the Fidelity family to have a kind of a co-managed structure. Um, and the good thing about this is that Connor and I have very complementary backgrounds. Um, so, you know, we have over 30 years of experience investing at Fidelity. And if I go back to my analyst days, you know, I covered metals mining, consumer discretionary, media, telecom, and financials. The sectors that I didn't have exposure to were industrials, healthcare, and technology, uh, which Connor was able to, to rotate on when he was an analyst. So you put the two of us together, um, and it really creates good balance and diversification within the fund. Could I ask about that uh, just a bit more detail? When you have certain sectors as an analyst that you're given, which cycle through as well over time, that's from a global perspective, so it's not just domestic? Yeah, so it's the Fidelity Discipline Equity Fund uh, run by analysts. Um, 20% of the content can be outside of North America. So it really gives the analyst flexibility um, to expand kind of their circle of competence. So we should talk about geography. So what are you seeing as far as geographical dispersion within the portfolio? And then maybe some themes from a geographic standpoint. Yeah, maybe just on that, I'd just like to you know level set what this fund is. So it's a global go anywhere, best ideas fund, right? So Connor's able to put his best ideas in the fund. I'm able to put my best ideas in the fund. We're able to leverage 140 analysts across the globe and put their best ideas in the fund. So again, global go anywhere, best ideas fund generates all the alpha from security selection. So we're not out there putting X percent in Europe, X percent in emerging markets, X percent in Asia. We're just looking to build a concentrated portfolio of roughly 40 to 50 securities um, and generate all that alpha from security selection. And then when we look at the geography, what are you looking at these days as far as percentage distribution? Yeah. You know, I think historically the fund has been overweight in North America, so Canada, the U.S., um, and you know I think that over time that's been roughly sixty or seventy percent of the uh, fund relative to the benchmark in you know is more like fifty five percent. So we've been overweight in North America with also some um, exposure in Europe, and I think you know when we look at geographic exposure, we view it more as point in time rather than structural like over time. So you know as Chris said. You know, we don't we we see ourselves. You know, we're a global small cap fund, but we see ourselves. You know, more as um, a small cap fund than invest globally, right? So we let the market, you know, volatility, dislocation, kind of dictate where we go look for ideas, right? We don't start with a top down asset allocation and say we have to be ten percent in Japan or we have to be fifty percent in the United States. It is where are the opportunities right now. Let's go find the best stocks that we can find, regardless of where that company might be headed. 
You're a stock selection duo. And um, let's look at um, uh, concentration, fairly tight uh, allocation, as you had mentioned. How does that affect your portfolio? Yeah, so I guess just I want to jump in and just kind of level set again, um, you know, what businesses we look at. Because I think a lot of people hear small cap um, and they think we're investing in junior miners, junior oil and gas, early stage startups, unprofitable businesses. Um, and we actually do the, the exact opposite of that. So, um, you know, the average market cap in our fund is $5 billion. Um, you know, we're investing in companies with long corporate histories, um, great management teams, generate great returns and cash flows um, and are run by great capital allocators uh, that can take that cash flow and create a lot of value for shareholders um, over time. Thank you. Does this volatility concern you or is it a, a help to the overall portfolio style that you both follow? You know, I think everyone's worried about, you know, uh, volatility and risk. And, you know, historically, volatility is great for this fund because volatility creates dislocation. Dislocation creates opportunity. And if you look at turning points in the market, and I, you know, I'll bring up, you know, COVID, right? March, April, May of 2020. That threw up incredible opportunities for us to invest, right? Um, you know, the war in the Ukraine, again, another opportunity for us to buy some dislocated securities, particularly in Europe. Um, you know, and we're, you know, we're kind of seeing that, you know, again, with inflation, you know, I think we really tend to, you know, we don't really have a, you know, have a, have a top down macro view, as I said, interest rates, inflation. But we, what we do pay attention to is how do, the, how do those variables affect the micro? Right? We're really focused on, um, uh, you know, how that affects our business models and the earnings. And I think, you know, Andrew Marchese was on here uh, this morning. Um, you know, talk, talking about a shopping list. And that's what Chris and I do. You know, we have this, we built up over, you know, 15 years, a shopping list of companies that we would love to buy at the right price. And our job, when, you know, the markets get tough, we call it putting a pin in it, right? Put a pin in that valuation so that when, if and when a stock falls to that number, we are ready to act. We're not, you know, deer in the headlights, getting concerned about volatility. It is what is that valuation? Let's go. Sounds like you're in an exciting position. As I mentioned, global small cap opportunities available in mutual fund and May 25th available in an ETF. Thank you very much for joining us. Back to Vector. Thank you for listening to the Fidelity Connects podcast. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to Fidelity Connects on your podcast platform of choice. And if you like what you're hearing, leave a review or a five-star rating. Fidelity mutual funds and ETFs are available by working with a financial advisor or through an online brokerage account. Visit fidelity.ca slash how to buy for more information. While visiting fidelity.ca, you can also find information on future live webcasts. And don't forget to follow Fidelity Canada on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thank you. See you next time.